right, everybody, welcome to episode number 116 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, we have a very bizarre case tonight. We're going to be tackling a missing persons case, but this is not your normal missing persons case. (laughs) Not at all. What makes this so different is the fact that we don't even know if this person ever existed at all. Bud, I need you to hold on to your hat because tonight, Chris, we are headed to the windy city of Chicago, Illinois to discuss the disappearance of one Joanna Lopez. So the reason I say, Chris, that we don't know if Joanna Lopez has ever existed because the Chicago PD has no information on her. They have no reports of a young lady by the name of Joanna Lopez that has gone missing from Chicago, Illinois in the 1980s. Because, Chris, we're headed to 1980s Chicago. More specifically, we are headed back to January 14th of 1989. That is when the fine, fine people of Chicago, Illinois, first learn of Joanna Lopez and her predicament as far as her being a missing person. But it's not shared in your average way, is it? No, not at all. So... Joanna Lopez is first seen late one night, of course, uh, after the TV broadcast had ended in, in uh, this day and age, when broadcasts end, they uh, play the national anthem. It follows by usually fuzz or, you know, a blank screen um, until the next morning's broadcast starts up again. Yeah, that was fairly commonplace in the 1980s because your TV station, whatever you were watching, there was probably like three or four channels back then. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, and and maybe Fox or something like that. And then you'd have to switch over to UHF if you wanted to get some other weird channels. But, you know, these channels, they would basically run up until midnight or so, maybe one or two in the morning. And after the final news broadcast of the night, they'd play a, a few commercials. That would be followed by the station closing down for the night with the lovely national anthem. And then at that point, you would have multicolored vertical bars and maybe a tone, like a, a, a abnormally annoying tone, which I'm going to play right now, Chris. So you can see how bad that is, Chris, especially for people who have insomnia. You know, they're enjoying a nice evening in front of the TV, and then all of a sudden, your channel shuts off, and you're left with this gloom and doom of these colorful bars and a horrific ringing sound that is until the next morning once the news pops up like five or six in the morning but something very bizarre happened on that fateful morning of january 14th oh 1989 didn't it little chicago boy Yes, uh... Chris, please, that's enough of the jokes. But in all seriousness, we have scoured the internet for quite a few eyewitness accounts from those that witnessed this bizarre happening as it transpired in real time on TV. And uh, you came across one very interesting one. Why don't you tell us about it? 
Late one evening, uh, when a gentleman had come home from his late night work shift, he decides to turn on the TV, knowing that the broadcast was about to end, but he had sat down with a late night meal, and he just wanted a little background noise. So uh, he flips on the tube, he proceeds to see the national anthem being played, and then when it cuts out, a screen pops up saying missing and it shows a picture which is very very out of focus of what must be a young girl and the name across the bottom at the bottom of the the screen here says joanna lopez and then there's a number below that this wasn't necessarily a bizarre thing to occur because sometimes what the broadcast would do was they would display the missing person uh people after the broadcast and then they would give information like this person uh, was last seen here. They are just like this. When they were last seen, they were in this location, blah, blah, blah. Well, they even have stuff like your <laughs> like your height and weight and uh, a, a picture that's somewhat visible. But we don't, we don't have that here, Chris. We have nothing. No, and, and, and even more bizarre, it's, it's just left up the screen. There's no words. It's complete silence, and this carries on through until the morning broadcast. This is a little bit eerie, I guess. I don't know if I'd want to sit down after a long night shift eating my dinner to a complete silence uh, TV that has a picture of an out-of-focus person that looks very bizarre because it's out-of-focus. Yes, it looks like an alien. Yeah, it's it's very weird. So, but So, Chris, l- l- let me stop you right there because uh, let, let's give our listeners uh, uh, a better <laughs> idea of what this picture actually looks like. And you are our resident verbal description expert here at BTC, Chris. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you could please describe this missing person photo of one Joanna Lopez that reared its, I don't want to say ugly head, but it reared its face on January 14th of 1989. Chris, I'm going to ask you right now, what do you see in this photo? Can you please describe it to us? I'm gonna have to put on my BTESs, which is my, of course, my Between the Cracks uh, super spectacles, uh, so I can uh, properly analyze the photo. Just hold on one second here. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, oh, now it's all coming clear, okay. Uh, yes, so what appears to be a picture, we're now assuming, obviously, that this is a girl because of the name. Now, in today's world, don't make any assumptions, guy, but this, <laughs> would appear to be a young girl with very short hair. The only thing that I guess you can kind of make out is that she must be wearing glasses because otherwise she has uh, eyes that are about three inches in diameter. <laughs> and Very alien-ish they, or, or goldfish-like. Yes, they're, they're, they're very large glasses that she's wearing. And you can make out the nose a little bit and kind of the mouth. And then it looks like she's just wearing a white shirt because this is a black and white photo. You can make something on the wall in the background, but you can't tell if it's something that's hung up on the wall or if it's like a lamp, like a shade on a lamp. Yes, it's very difficult to decipher anything in this photo. In, in terms of a missing person's photo, it's completely useless, in, in, I mean, in my opinion, just because you can't gain any specific features from the person to distinguish them from anybody. 
First off, I can't tell if it's male, female. Like, I can't tell if the person is black or white. You have no eye color. There's no indication of height. There, there's nothing. The more interesting thing is, after this is broadcasted, there is zero mention of this case ever again. Well, that's until, though, a couple of years later. <laughs> no, hold off, Christian. You're jumping ahead here, please. <laughs> Yes, you are correct. Uh, we do end up running into Joanna again quite a few years later. But we need to stay put here in 1989 right now and just examine this. Because uh, as you were uh, alluding to, you know, when, when a person goes missing or they make an announcement for a missing persons, or even if there's like an Amber Alert now, they will give you the height and weight uh, of uh, the person or the child that's missing. They will give you the less uh, known location they will give you a fairly definitive picture of what this person actually looks like. So there's none of that going on. But, you know, in the 1980s, this was the first uh, decade where I, I think they started to rely on the public as far as helping them find missing persons. They actually started that program where they would put missing children on the back of milk cartons. Uh, and I think that started taking place in the 1980s. I don't know if that's really helped. I don't know if it really did much. But even look at the, the pictures and the information on the back of those milk cartons, those were much more informative than what we saw on uh, this uh, NBC affiliate in Chicago, Illinois, called WMAQ. I mean, so we got nothing to go on, except, except, Chris. Do tell. A phone number. Now, little buddy, uh, I did some digging here. And uh, it came to my attention that this phone number belonged to the Chicago Police Youth Division at the time. So if you're looking for a missing child, that would be the appropriate number. Wouldn't you assume? Yeah, so that, that, that kind of almost authenticates the picture. Uh, because if it was something that they posted, of course, they would want to post a number to them. You know, if anyone had any... <laughs> information on the blob that they had posted on the screen that nobody can really make any it's, uh, a, perfect way to describe it. it's a blob a blob of nothing but at oh, the Chris, same I, I should that's right to interrupt you but i, I should uh, mention this to our listeners i did my due diligence chris i called that number i called it Ooh. twice and get this this is very odd i called it once there was no answer nothing picked up it didn't go to and any kind of automated system. There was no hello. There was no voicemail. There was nothing. It rang and rang and rang. Then I tried a day later. And the very same thing happened. So I don't know if this number is actually owned by someone at this point in time. Because it, it, it is an active number. It keeps ringing. It doesn't say that it, it's disconnected. But it seems to belong to no one. Can you imagine if you called it and a woman's voice responded? Oh, man. And said, this is Joanna. Well, <laughs> that, would be end of, that would be the end of VTC because that would most certainly be the end of me. Self-destruct sequence activated. <laughs> or we would be uh, world famous for discovering <laughs> where Joanna Lopez actually went to. You just had to call that number. Um <laughs> But we should also mention, though, that this this wasn't very rare because we're talking about... Spit it out, Chris. We're talking about Chicago. 
because we're talking about the late 80s in Chicago, and this is uh, during a pretty big crime wave. Or the and early 2020s in Chicago, <laughs> right now? I was going to say, eerily similar to today. But uh, back then, the, the, the crime wave going into the 80s, there was tons of missing persons. The police probably looked at it, if this was indeed a real case, uh, as uh, just another runaway. They must have only had this photo to go off of. Maybe it was just a, a Hail Mary thinking that maybe somebody could identify who Joanna was based on this picture. The, the odd thing there is if, if they have a name, if they know that this female's name is Joanna Lopez, then you should at least be able to help us out <laughs> with a little bit of info. I mean, maybe an age, maybe uh, you know a height or something, anything. But th- th- there's nothing. Right. If someone were to report her missing... I, I would ho- I would hope that the police would ask for some details, but we get nothing visually that's posted, and there's no uh, words to follow this picture. It just sits there blank with nothing for hours and hours and hours, and then poof, it's gone. Think how creepy that is, man. You're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden, this thing pops up, and it's dead Silent because the picture itself, I mean, especially you know, any kind of missing person photo is eerie because you have no idea what happened to this person, and you know, that opens Pandora's box to any kind of horrific outcome you can imagine. So, you have that, but then you add this grainy, absolutely uninformative photo to that, and of course, you add that the fact that it came on for at midnight. Uh, made its way through the witching hour at 3 a.m. and then all the ways into the morning light. So, I mean, this thing just sat there silently on TV on WMAQ NBC Chicago for nearly six hours. And then poof gone, no word or anything about this further from this night until another fateful evening two years out. What are you getting at? Well, this was originally posted in January of 1989, correct? Mm-hmm. Continue. Well, in 1991... Continue again. It shows up yet again. Continue more. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and so now the question is... and. Mind you, this is the exact same picture and information. There's no age progression or, uh, it's the same exact photo. And obviously with, when it comes to young kids, when only a mere couple of years goes by, I mean, you're talking about drastic changes in appearance sometimes. I mean, that's a very good point. I didn't even pick up on that. Uh, as far as, uh, having an age progression photo from 89 to 91, because like you said, it's the same exact photo. But, you know, it looks like it may have been enhanced just a little bit. It looks a little sharper. But, you know, the 91 version, it definitely is uh, a little bit more defined, but not much. And in today's world, you imagine that they clear, they clear up that photo and they uh, zoom in on the reflection off the glasses and uh, <laughs> they find the person on the other side and then they Seriously, arrest man. them and you're, and you're gone for life. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't doubt that at all because now I'm seeing in some of the videos I've watched on uh, Joanna that, you know, people are indeed starting to do exactly what you're saying. They're, they're, they're retouching the image. Of course, it's all a guessing game, but now you're starting to see facial features that they've put together. But, you know, 
that might help a little bit, but you you know, one person does it one way and she can look like she's 10, then another person alters it another way, and then all of a sudden she can look like she's 25. It's helping in a way, but it's still not giving us any definitive answers. Yeah, and you're right, because one of the uh, enhancements I saw on one of these a subreddit page for this, you know, it's, it's pretty recent too, for this Joanna Lopez, and... One looks like she's much younger than you would expect, even even with what little you can you can gather from the original photo. One looks like almost like she's a very young boy, like uh, you know, could be six or seven years old. But in the photo that we're looking at from the original, if I mean, if I had to guess in the shot in the dark, I would say closer to a teenager. But this this time we we should add the 1991 viewing only lasted uh, a matter of seconds. It didn't go through the whole night as it did the first time in 1989. This time, you know, the broadcast ended with the national anthem and then it cut to the same picture of Joanna, but it disappeared maybe 10 seconds later. Which I don't know which one's creepier, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess this perhaps would suggest the possibility of just a, a complete accident and the accidental broadcast of an old missing person um and then they took it down shortly after well i hate to say it chris but a lot of people seem to be asleep at the wheel at uh old wmaq chicago (laughs) what little information that obviously originally came through now all of a sudden it's okay or obviously i doubt anybody finds who this is or you know what happens sometimes too is like you were mentioning before maybe it was a runaway right so like they put up the initial post, and who knows, the next day the person's found, right? And there's no follow-up on it. People may be calling in, but because because the case was such a short missing person's case, there might not be much information on it. And who knows, whoever was covering the case is no longer uh, in the police department, and before you know it, nobody knows anything about the person. But this seems a little more eerie because... There is information on the release of the initial missing persons broadcast in 1989. It's apparently still in their database to be released again in 1991. But yet, when everyone calls in to find information, there's nothing. As if nobody knows who this person could possibly be. Yeah, because when they called in, the police had no record of a Joanna Lopez having gone missing. So, was this some sort of sick prank? I don't know. I mean, I know that is one of the theories that many people think, but what gets me kind of creeped out, Chris, is that you would think that someone somewhere, a relative or whatnot, would recognize this child or someone would come forward and say, hey, that's me. So this makes me think that maybe, unfortunately, if, if this is true, that the child in the photo is indeed missing and has never been found. I mean, it, it also makes you think on that point, too, is that perhaps she had no family. Perhaps she was in foster care and there was literally nobody there to identify her. And, and so she ends up getting lost in, you know, the missing persons world. Yeah. And I, I think they actually have a term for that. They call that the missing missing, where you have children or adults that go missing. And unfortunately, they fall, you know, between the cracks of society and they have nobody that's even looking for them. And, I mean, maybe this was someone that sent this out to uh, this channel praying that they would post this because they knew her, but they just, they barely knew her. They had no other way of even trying to uh, help um, identify her in any way. So they thought maybe this was the best way to attempt to offer some kind of help. Just 
brainstorming, I mean, you would think that maybe someone contacted uh, the station or maybe it was somebody that worked at the station who knew someone that knew of Joanna. And this is the only photo that they had of her. And they were asking to please get in touch with the uh, Chicago police uh, if you know anything. You know, I, I don't know. But as you said, Chris, there were people that were trying to help and they were calling the uh, phone line given. But, uh, you know, as we said, the Chicago Police Department had no information on any missing person that went by the name of Joanna Lopez. So here we are, still at a standstill from the first time this picture was broadcast in 1989. Because as of today, Chris, we still have no idea who Joanna Lopez is or was or if she even existed at all. And it's true because this picture is so obscure that it could literally be anyone. And the possibilities, especially if somebody has no real family, there's a very good possibility that the name itself is not even correct. And and that this Joanna Lopez is really uh, just a different alias because somebody didn't know her name or they called her something different. There's just a million possibilities, I think, that could lead to the fact that there would be no additional information or any leads on this because we have too much bad information to go on. <laughs> no information. Yeah, exactly. But Chris, as frustrating and downright creepy as this case seems, throughout the years there have been some leads. One of the things that people go looking for here in this case is, is missing Jane Doe's, if you will, people that were unidentified around this time. One that people looked to as a possibility was this one unidentified female who was killed and the projected age of this female was 18 to 22 years old. She was a black female, brown eyes. She had uh, short hair like Joanna Lopez. This would come five years after the initial broadcast of Joanna Lopez was put up. And so that would put her at the time of the photo released in 89 at approximately 13 to 17 years old. That seems a little on the older side than I would expect to see. But then again, we're going off of a very bad picture, so it's possible. Yeah, I'm looking at this and, you know, going off the last name Lopez, I mean, I'm Definitely going to go out on a a limb here, Chris, and say that uh, Joanna was probably Hispanic. Tread carefully there. (laughs) I mean, uh, I know this is 2023. We're supposed to hate facts, but my God, Chris, (laughs) please. Um, Anyway, and then, you know, the Jane Doe we're looking at, I mean, the features just did not match up to me at all. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, that one goes right out the window. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And... While Joanna Lopez's name might not really be Joanna Lopez, I still don't see enough of a resemblance and what little we have to go off of in that picture uh, of the person who was discovered um, deceased. Yeah, because you, like you said, the, the uh, Jane Doe that they found, she was black. She had black hair, brown eyes. So, I mean, we have some descriptive facts that we can go off of and we have nothing here on Joanna Lopez. But like I said, you can't even tell if it's a male or a female, pretty much, you, or, or, or a child or an adult. It's, it's so weird. I think my assumption would be that she was on the younger side, but you definitely wouldn't know for certain. So anything's game here. You know, that that's one theory with this uh, Jane Doe that was found in 1994. But 
like I said, there's really no similarities at, at all that I, I can see. But someone was uh, digging a little deep here, Chris, and they came across something very interesting. They found uh, this young lady who went by the name of Rachel Lopez. And get this, she went to West Chicago Community High from 1988 to 1991. I'm looking at this photo of Rachel Lopez, and I, I mean, I don't know if Rachel herself went missing at one point in time, but I'm looking at this photo, Chris, uh, from a yearbook. And uh, brother, let me tell you this much. We have a match, in my opinion. I agree with you. I mean, we're not doing too many comparisons here to, to, to see if it could be anybody else, but this one, I mean, if, if I'm going off of that original photo, I would say this is really close. Absolutely, and the dates would line up, right? Because if she was attending high school from 89 to 91, and that missing persons picture popped up in 1989, it would make sense that she was, what, 16 or 17 years old at the time. And like we said, it, it did look like uh, the child was in their early teens. You could range from 14 to, I would say, 17 on the older end for sure. Especially in a picture that's that grainy. Because the photo we got from this yearbook is in black and white too. And she's got those big ass glasses on and the same hairstyle. Chris, I think we might have found our person. The question is, was she ever missing? That's what we don't know. Chris, you found a very interesting post on Reddit that might provide us with some, shall I say, answers? <laughs> or maybe not. Chris, what do you got for us? This is interesting because the uh, original poster, the Binding Bloodline, makes an interesting point here because someone says it's spooky or resemblance is definitely there, but I have to wonder if it's the same person anyway. Why... They would use that dark, barely discernible photo in the missing ad when the yearbook pictures have way more detail. He makes the point, he or she, says that you have to remember that news stations got it from a random source. And if she was a poor family, like they couldn't afford a yearbook to even provide that kind of photo. And that perhaps that news stations weren't able to get access to school photos at the time. I mean, it's a, it's a good point that if this photo existed, why wouldn't it be used? But maybe we're assuming too much that that kind of photo or, or information would be easily accessible. What an astute observation, Chris. And Reddit user, I might add. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You know, and I, even thinking about this, you know, as we're recording here, you know, so say this, this Rachel Lopez was indeed a runaway at one point, you know, because kids threaten to run away and whatnot and they come home. So it's not like every runaway is gone and missing forever. You know, in most cases, they run away for a couple days, come home, whatnot. So who's to say that maybe this Rachel Lopez did indeed run away from home and her parents got freaked out, knew somebody at WAMAQ, and they did it for the family as a favor. But then Rachel returned home. So she was never really even reported missing to the police by the family. It was just done as a way to get the word out. And before they even went any further with contacting the police and whatnot, Rachel returned home. So maybe this was something that happened in just a matter of days, Chris. 
I think that's a pretty good point because that would explain the case getting completely lost because if it didn't last long enough or the person was found there wouldn't be like a, a big file on the person if they didn't have a chance to really even get that far so it's possible that this person Rachel Lopez is Joanna Lopez well dude I'm looking at it she she has the same haircut and those glasses are the exact same shape I do I, I mean I, I could see it Imagine her middle name is Joanna. Well, that's um, what we we know that Rachel Lopez is a real person because they found her in uh, various yearbooks from uh, that Chicago high school. So we know she's real. The question is, is Joanna real? And the other question is, Chris, is Rachel Joanna? Could Rachel's real name be Rachel Joanna Lopez? Um. Sorry, how, what did you say? What was the last name again? Lope. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, who effing knows? Because... But this makes it all more creepy to me. Because now, now, Chris, this, this very well could be a, a real person. The um, poster of the... Uh, under Unsolved Mysteries is this guy, Chris Polygon. It's actually mentioned in that YouTube video that you sent me that I I, uh, I watched earlier. He actually makes a Freedom of Information Act request to the Chicago Police Department to get information about her disappearance, about Joanna Lopez's disappearance. And they deny the request. And they say that the request was too broad for them to efficiently look through their records for information regarding missing persons from the 80s and 90s. That sounds very dismissive. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like, is that is that legitimate? Or is that like a get out of our face, we're not giving you this information type that's thing? That's what it sounds like to me, and I don't like it one bit. <laughs> Truth now, be Bill, told. Cal calm down. The CPD, you know, is... Is, is giving the old F.U. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I would think that at that point now they're, they're trying to uh, cover their own ass, get the egg off their face, because if indeed, you know, the, <laughs> this TV station was broadcasting a missing person and giving out the uh, Chicago PD number, yet they had no information on this, <laughs> on this missing child, perhaps somebody else is a step ahead of the uh, good old CPD. Maybe. I mean, th this person uh, apparently got a reply afterwards, and then the CPT stated that there was zero positive results for a person named Joanna Lopez in their databases during the years uh, 1988 to 1991. So it, it was a complete dead end. They had nothing to provide. So, uh, Chris, I mean, here we are, 2023, 34 years after that picture of Joanna Lopez hit the TV airwaves and we still have no answers, no definitive answers, I should say. There's uh, quite a few theories as to what people think is going on and we went over some of them before and some even feel that possibly this whole thing could just have been a hoax. But I'm getting a feeling that this goes a little bit deeper than a hoax, if you ask me. This seems real to me, but it seems like someone who just completely got lost in the cracks like we were talking about here. 
I think this person really existed and really did go missing. There's just something about the photo I don't like. And, and I mean, to me, it seems like someone knew of this girl who went by the name of Joanna Lopez, at least to what they were introduced to her as. Maybe they took a picture with her while they were hanging out with her, and that's the only photo that they have of her. And therefore, they have no other information on her. They have no information as to her birth parents or where she lived, if she was adopted or if she was in a, a group home or whatnot. They just had interactions with her and they knew her as Joanna Lopez and were trying to do something to help her after she had gone missing. It could be something as simple as that. And like they refer to those people as the missing missing where, you know, unfortunately you do indeed go missing and there's nobody looking for you. That's about as sad as it gets, man. Yeah, I, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say that Joanna Lopez was in foster care from a very young age and she ran away. She completely changed her name because she didn't want to be found. And she went on then to live a uh, lovely life in uh, another town or city, perhaps a small town in Chicago. I mean, Chicago. A small perhaps town a... in Chicago, Chris. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh, a very small town in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> one that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> um, a small town in Illinois or, or hell, she's close enough. Maybe she went to Canada and she just started a new life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at you, Mister Optimism. I like that, Chris. I mean, I'm going with. Uh, I definitely do think that this is a real person. Um, I do think this is a real missing person's case. If it's not that Rachel Lopez, it's got to be a, a goddamn relative because they look nearly identical. I, I think you know, like I said before, I, I think unfortunately, you know, in that time frame. Chicago in the late 80s, man, that was a, a hellhole, man. It was that the crime rates were outrageous. So you have a child that attempts to run away, goes missing. And who the hell knows what could have happened to her. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not as optimistic as you here, Chris. I do think uh, that this girl was indeed a real missing person. And unfortunately, I think that she's probably met her demise on those very violent streets of Chicago in the late 80s. Well, uh, Mr. Doom and Gloom. <laughs> but Chris, I, I hope I'm wrong because like I, as I've said quite a few times through this show already, there's no definitive answer one way or the other because we do not know. We have no information on this whatsoever. It's all speculation. And as I said in the opening of the show, Chris, we do not even know if Joanna Lopez existed at all. Yeah, and we're basically going off of an inkblot test as a picture, so... Uh, <laughs> who knows I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Chris. A what? <laughs> you know, an inkblot test. <laughs> it's about as definitive... <laughs> oh, God, man. What a case. Yeah, very I, weird. I don't know, man. I, I think if anybody's going to solve it, 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 it's these wonderful people out on Reddit, man, because that's where we got a majority of our information. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've watched the actual video of it as it's transpired when the, the original broadcast, and it, it, it's eerie, man. It is eerie. But that's it, Chris. That is the case of Joanna Lopez. 
So, Chris, uh, let's give the rundown so I can get the hell out of the BTCRF. The smoke from the wildfires in Canada have hit New York. It is smoggy out. The hail is falling and the rain is falling. Chris, I can't see shit out these windows at the BTCRF, and I'm getting a little spooked. So, without any further ado, let me give the rundown. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram, Between the Cracks Podcast. If you would like to become one of our lovely Patreons, please feel free to click on the link in the show notes. So, Chris, without any further ado, what do you say we wish to find, find people out in podcast land the fondest? Ew. Affair. 